1: Good news, folks. Sorry, good news, folks. That was so loud.
2: That was that was loud.
1: <laughs> Our editing friends in the UK are going to fix that intro for us. We finally have a date on the calendar, when that's going to go away.
2: It's a moving, moving target. It is a moving Keep target. Keep listening to these shows; you'll hear you'll hear, <laughs> you'll hear a shorter intro someday. Yeah. If. Uh... In fact, if uh, if you remember this and you call in, and say, "Hey, I noticed the intro is shorter." We'll we'll send you a gift. We'll send you something.
1: Uh, don't make promises. Oh, you can't keep I have. Shot. I
2: actually have a brand new ink pen on my desk right now, still okay. in the plastic wrapper. I was
1: gonna say, depending on what it is, I might be the first caller.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, never eat from your own bowl. Offer the candy to the world. Never
1: eat from your own bowl.
2: I don't know. I'm making stuff up. I was Jw, say like, how do
1: people eat soup?
2: <laughs> Jw Ross is joining us on the show today. We're talking about trade shows.
1: Trade shows.
2: Yeah, trade show booths. We're going to talk about trade show booths. It's um
3: and and what sparked that? Jw, you hooked up. Good morning. Appreciate it, Sean, Trina. Thank you for having me on.
2: Oh, anytime, man. Well, what sparked that is, um, J.W. was just part of a large show down in in Dallas, the Safari Club International. Uh, United Country sponsored uh, a booth down there with him again this year, and uh, he's done uh, a lot of trade shows, done an outstanding job, but it's also that season right now. This is trade show season, you know, in the winter months, businesses tend to start slowing down. People kind of look for a reason to get out of the house. They Mm -hmm. can get cabin fever in a lot of parts of the country and trade shows are going on. So you go indoors and you spend, um, according to this statistic, you spend on average, uh, where's it at, about eight and a half hours. An attendee will spend eight and a half hours at a large uh, exhibition or trade show looking at vendors and booths. Okay. That's a whole day. That's
1: not something I go do when I'm in trade shows. (laughs) I thought you were going to say two, maybe two and a half. Eight and a half is a whole day. Some
2: people spend two hours. Yeah, yeah. But statistically, most people will spend around (laughs) eight and a half hours inside of a a trade show. Interesting. Yeah. I thought so. J.W., um, Tell the uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself where you're at and uh, we'll we'll kind of dive in here and and I really I'd like to talk about three things on the show that I, I think is is kind of um, the the meat or the information of the show is going to be how to set up a properly set up a trade show booth, how to work a trade show, you know where, where you can maximize that opportunity and how to make sure what's vital information you want to walk away from that trade show with. What's, what's, the, what's the goal? What's the end opportunity? Uh, tell our listeners where you're at, uh, what you do, and, and a little bit about your experience over the years with trade shows.
3: Yes sir, appreciate you having me on again. Um, I've uh, joined United Country in 02 and or excuse me 03 and then jumped in my own office in 09 in the Paris Texas area. Uh, licensed in Texas, Oklahoma and Arkansas and I've been enjoying United Country's expertise, knowledge and support ever since. Um, I've done several different trade shows and and worked them and we've I've done two different Avenues of trade shows. One, you uh, mentioned it a while ago the uh, Safari Club International, where United Country was uh, put a booth in and invited me, and I was able to work that with uh, them and other invitees, and we uh, we worked that trade show. And then if you remember, Sean, we had 32,000 acres over near Wichita Falls, and we went to the Wichita Falls Farm and Ranch Expo specifically to push uh, that 32,000-acre auction. So we had two different views on that, one working it from you know a, a total encompassing point of view of uh, pointing out how we can help. And sell and, and uh, help people buy farms, ranches, and land and then. Yeah, you know, the other trade show where we used to where we were able to uh, push a specific property and had success on both fronts.
2: Yeah, I uh, I had forgot about that. We did uh, we did work that trade show and it was um, obviously the goal of that one because it was very regional. That was close to thirty thousand acres in ranch land that was getting ready to be sold, and it was a great marketing uh, technique to get the word out. It gave us a hook uh, at that show to talk to people about. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
1: Did you yeah. find a buyer?
2: We found several I believe, buyers.
3: I yeah. we had several people come got, through there. Nice.
1: I, I don't.
2: Good. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember the names for sure. But that was a productive. Uh, that was a productive show. Good.
3: Very good. Yeah, we, we took that and and put it into twenty three individual tracks. And I know there was at least half a dozen attendees of the trade show that came and and participated in the bidding.
1: Awesome. That does sound successful. Good for you.
2: Well, you know, that brings up an interesting thought because if I have products and wares or or services that I offer to the marketplace, maybe I get a better bang for my buck if it's not specifically like related to my industry because there's much, much less competition. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If you go to um, uh, a hunting or recreational show Uh, and you are in the real estate business, there's going to be a little bit of crossover and there's going to be some other real estate companies there. But if you go to, to a home builder or real estate trade show, like here they have the Kansas City Home Show in mm-hmm. Kansas City, you're guaranteed to see real estate yeah, companies that's in there. Ninety nine percent of the people there's
1: there. There's going to be a lot
2: of builders, a lot of cabinet makers, you know, a lot of um, things like that going on. But it is also just layered in with real estate companies in yeah. there. Lots of lots of competition, mm-hmm. a lot of compression on the market at that point. But go to something that is a little bit kind of off the uh, outside of the the normal realm of the real estate industry and be a professional real estate or land company at that. And, and you may be the only booth there that does yeah. what you do, which I, I think is um, that's a way to get the best bang for your buck. Yeah.
3: Well, similar to what you're talking about there, the Safari Club, there's over 930 exhibitors at that event. And there was only seven real estate companies that were uh, an exhibitor and, and showcasing their wares.
2: Absolutely. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, what happens if you go to a real estate trade show or you go to a land expo? Um, the chances are those numbers are going to be dramatically different. Yeah. There's going to be you know, 400 vendors and 150 or 200 of those are going to be real estate companies or people that buy and sell real estate.
3: A lot Um, more competition there.
2: A lot more competition, a lot harder to uh, figure out, well, how are we going to differentiate ourselves? How are we going to stand out and offer a different product or tool at this show? When you... so if we, if we forget about real estate for a minute and the auction business for a minute and we think about um, I've got a guy that, that works in our office. It's in the irrigation business. If you had something proprietary like um, a, a unique technology in the nozzle system or in the tires and wheels or the drive units, then they usually have a mock-up or they, they show those and they say, nobody else has this. We're the only one that has this. How do we do that in the real estate business? How do we do that in the auction business so when they come by our booth, you show something to them right out of the gate that's unique and proprietary and say, by the way, we list and sell real estate, but let us show you something that nobody else has. Yeah. Uh, because that's important. That's important to the consumer and, and to your potential buyers and sellers out there. They would like to find something unique to apply to their property sale.
3: You know, you've got to get them to engage. Uh, you know, the, the last show I just attended, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, there was probably 10 to 15,000 people that walked through there over a three day event. And, you know, 75% of them are talking to one another, not even looking at the booth go by. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you've, you've got to get them to engage. And then when you get them to engage to your point, Sean, you've got to show them the differentiation between what you're doing and what someone else is and and see if, you know, what you're offering them is something they want.
2: I, I agree. Yeah, I agree fully. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, before we get into, because there is some, some strategy into getting somebody to stop long enough that you can engage with them, that you can talk with them. Let's talk about setting the booth up for success. So uh, know your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and and JW, much like yourself, Trina has worked trade shows before and, and been with lending companies, with United Country. She's worked national trade shows. I have worked trade shows for the last 30 years in the auction business, in the farm and ranch sector, uh, in the housing sector, in the commercial sectors, and um, working with United Country, and you have uh, a lot of experience. So I think that we can provide a lot of insight if you're new to trade shows, if you have went to a few of those, but you really don't feel like maybe you're doing it right. This show is going to be built for you and we're going to start getting into how do you set the booth up? And let's let's talk about like ordering materials. You're going to, we rehabbed our booth here about two years ago. We completely redesigned the booth because it was getting, you know, a lot of wear and tear. Uh, they will break down over yeah. time oh, when yeah. you build something up and you tear it down and throw it in the box and then you got to build it again after a while. You know, the the screw holes get wallered out and the the boards won't stay. I mean, you just, you have to give those things a a freshening up. So we completely rebuilt our booth and we took a hard look at what we sell as a company, what we're good at selling, what the message that we wanted to kind of portray. Um, Our former booth, our previous booth was extremely busy. It had way too much stuff going on with it which means that you don't really have a focal point. Mm -hmm. So we kind of made this one more simplistic and we said, here's the message, you know, here's what we do. And and that's going to be up to the individual listener out there, figure out what you do, what you want them to focus on, and then make that the message, make that your focal point of your booth. Any tips there, JW?
3: Yes, sir. Visualization is going to be key. Um, I go back to the Safari Club International because it was the most recent we did. 900 exhibitors there, and probably half of those exhibitors were worldwide hunting uh, exhibitors, selling hunts and so forth. So your audience that is going to be coming through, and then probably 25% of them were gun enthusiasts as well. So then there was a lot of guns there. So you're going to have a lot of hunting and recreational uh public clientele coming through there so our booth that united country put together was showcased realtree showcased our hunting properties our marketing was geared towards that audience and and you know the visualization standing out our booth there had a had an eight by six uh, visual screen that ran a great commercial of ours showcasing hunting and recreational. And then we had another uh, 50 inch screen television that was showcasing some of our national properties, hunting and recreational properties and from Oklahoma to Kentucky to to Oregon to wherever uh, Wyoming. And so getting them to visually see what you're offering before they even engage with you is always key.
2: Well, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, people are very visual animals. That's, um, they, you know, when they walk up and they see something attractive, that right there can get them to stop in their tracks and engage with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Our,
2: I, I'm, I'm kind of a big believer in um, it needs to be attractive, it needs to fit the markets that you serve. And at the same time, it also, um, you don't want it so cluttered up that yeah, you need
1: a clean, like, Yeah, a clean, crisp look, I guess, is the best way to say that. I agree. Yeah, simple.
2: Which has changed a lot over the years. Uh If you go back, you know, 20, 25 years ago and you look at trade show booths, it was like they they wanted to bring everything out of the office or the storefront and they wanted to get it out there because... They knew there's going to be forty thousand people walking yeah. through, a hundred thousand yeah. people walking through, and it's like, man, just bring everything, bring all the old <laughs> pictures, bring all yeah. of our history, and you know, and and they're just hanging stuff from the walls like they've lived in that exhibit hall for seventy years.
0: So. Yeah.
1: So, United Country, um, just working on the corporate side and being around here for twenty plus years now. Our old booths used to literally be Velcro, and you would put things in sleeves, whatever uh, you wanted to display, and then Velcro that to the walls. But the walls were covered in just stuff, and it was it was a little crazy, honestly, yeah. um, and a little low-tech, to be honest, too, but... That's what people did back then. It looked like a science fair when you walk through. That's exactly any, right. Any place, it's just a thousand things and why you need to know about it.
2: It looked like a science fair. It That's did. a great way to yeah. put it. It's the collage of uh, yeah, yeah.
3: And if I can add a a, a personal observation from what I've seen transpire over the last five or six years, to your point, Trina, we've always had everything there at the booth. I've been in a booth where I've had 30 different brochures of 30 different properties mm -hmm. to hand out to people and everything. People don't want to carry stuff anymore, hardly or very little. I mean, they, you know, being able to be able to showcase them something quickly, electronically, visually. Here, here's a here's a brochure of the property. I just sent it to your phone, that sort of thing, um, and it, it's something that they can take and look at at their leisure. And you know, you're not cluttering up the uh, booth as you were talking about.
2: Well, you know, in the company that uh, I I was with before. We did a good job of laying out upcoming auctions, and we'd said, listen, we, we've got, you know, 25 upcoming auctions right now. We're a busy company. They, they had a lot of stuff going on two, three months out. Uh, local farm shows coming up, and we would select um, some things that had uh, a little bit of, um, you know, kind of different make it something that would attract to a wider audience so there may be a really nice uh, residential home or a couple of those and we would take those flyers to that show Mm -hmm. but then we also had a ranch and maybe some crop farms and we would kind of sit down and vote on we'd lay them out all all of them out on the board table and say what materials do we have ready for this show you know which ones are we prepared to kind of go to market with which ones make the cut you know what what's going to maybe engage with the most people and it's not that we were just showcasing a certain person's farm over another one, but we were really trying to figure out what, how can we get the maximum amount of people to stop and engage with us, yeah. take something home, and then say, oh, by the way, we've got five other farms besides that one and that flyer right there. Have you looked at our website? And, mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Because if you start putting 30 pieces of material out there on a six-foot table or an eight-foot table, whatever they give you, at some point, I mean, you don't even there's have... There's
1: no table left. Yeah,
2: there's exactly. no There's yeah. no table left. Yeah. 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 I so agree. So I, I say be conscious of that. There's two types of booths. Um, there is the uh, just the one where you stand out in the aisle and you can't really come into the booth. It's not as inviting it's more of a stop and shop is what we call them it's a stop and shop booth and then there's some that um, you actually can come inside the booth maybe there's a couch in there there's some round tables, um, some high tops, you know, and, and you've got your laptop set up and say, well, come in, let me show you something real quick. You say you're looking for a couple hundred acres um, in, you know, Murray County. I'm just making these counties up, but uh, we've got some property out here that may fit the bill. Can I show it to you real quick? And so there's a way for them to actually enter your booth area, your booth space, stop and shop or entering. Which one of those two, in your opinion, is there an advantage one over the other JW?
3: You know i I think um when I'm working a, a trade show that uh, I'm showcasing a particular property or showcasing some an event that we're putting on similar to the thirty thousand acre auction uh, the the stop and shop makes sense because you know you're you're talking you you have the ability to talk to them specifically about that property. but uh, the Safari club was more of a get them in there, invite them in there. Talk to them, be able to find out what they want or what they might want, and you're able to take advantage of uh, being able to showcase United Country, National, all the listings everywhere. Because that type of an event, uh, we I met people that were, you know, all from about seven or eight different states that come in spe- uh, specifically for that event. So in that in in that episode, we had people that were coming in that were looking for property in Nebraska or looking to sell a property in Pennsylvania and you know, being able to showcase that United country is nationwide and we have good affiliates in these different areas. We were able to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like inviting them into your office just to sit one-on-one and talk about talk shop essentially. It's kind of interesting.
2: So I'm just doing a little bit of reading. There's some great statistics in there. And I, I agree with that. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I like having an open, more of an inviting booth. But sometimes, um, you know, even to, uh, to your point and to Trina's point, it's not, it, it depends on the space and it depends on the opportunity and what you're really presenting to that market. Uh, we are, I, I think there's a difference of being in the products business and being in the service industry because ours is more of a personal relationship. We're in the relationship business, which means that we may need to spend a little bit more time with you upon interaction. Um, products, we need long enough to kind of show you the product. You'll ask a few questions. We may show it to you again. We talk about price point, and you're either getting your credit card out or you're moving on down the road. So Correct. And that's, uh, that's just a churn and burn kind of a business um, I'll tell you a couple statistics that I found interesting. By the way, they said that um, in the trade show planning business in the U.S., it's expected it's worth about $18.2 billion right now in the U.S. Uh, that's a 2022 statistic. That's a last year statistic. But uh, over $18 billion just in the trade show industry um, from uh, from planning those to, um, to exhibiting at those, that's... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of volume of dollars and a lot of businesses taking part in that industry. What that tells me is if you were doing that year after year after year and it's not working for your business, you would quit going to trade shows. It's on the rise. It is growing exponentially in this country, which means that. Somebody else is putting on an event. They're going to charge you to be there, but you have a chance to get in front of 50,000 people over three days or 200,000 people. It depends on the size of the show. You can set up in a location, and you've got as fair a shot as anybody of seeing as many people as possible at that two-day, three-day show out there for 800 bucks or 1500 bucks. You have to make a decision if you're going to invest in that in your business or not, But statistically, businesses are investing in that, and it's growing to, within a few years, it'll be worth over $20 billion in this country. Also, it says 90% of the participants that they polled, they go to trade shows to find new products and services, which means they're not just there killing time. They are active, interested participants looking for new products and services while they're there. Now, if they farm, that may be a new style air grease gun, or it may be a new type of a tillage tool. But some of those farms have to transfer ownership. Some of that equipment needs to transfer ownership. And guess who's right around the corner? An auction company, Mm -hmm. a real estate company. So people are there looking for new products and services. I find that very interesting. Also, as I mentioned before, I had read this before the show Typical trade show visitors spend about 8.3 hours looking at exhibits. They'll spend eight hours uh, looking, and that may not be in one day. Sometimes they'll come in for three or four hours, and then they come back the next day for another four or five hours. So, um, The last one I'll read to you right here is uh, because I I found this interesting. According to professional marketers and companies, their salespeople are the best booth staffers. The best people to be in the booths are salespeople. And uh, I think we know why that is, J.W. Yeah, they they, they yeah. know the
1: product, right? They, they know it in and out in and all, all different ways. Yeah. yeah, but
2: I'll tell you what. There's another reason why okay. salespeople tend to make the best staffers at booths. We're going to slip away. We'll hear from our sponsors. We'll come back in just a few minutes and tell you why salespeople are the people that you want staff in those booths at trade shows. See you in just a minute
0: ever dream of owning a country estate historic home or lakefront property log on to unitedcountry.com would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains unitedcountry.com ever dream of your own private hunting preserve unitedcountry.com over 30,000 farm recreational and lifestyle properties are just a click away helping people find their american dream for over 90 years we will help you find yours log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, mineral marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace.
2: So we're back in the studio and we're talking about trade show boost with uh Uh, Trina and I are talking to J.W. Ross and uh, right before the break, right before we went to commercials, we had mentioned that there's a statistic um, from a national trade show statistics bureau out there that says, according to 50 percent of marketers and companies, their salespeople are the best people to staff booths. That's who they want staff in the booths. Guess why? Money. Well, they what's the number one reason on that, what's the number one reason that you're at a trade show? Why are you spending the money to have your booth set up at a trade
3: show? Is because. To, to get sale. rid of the products you have. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. Or if you're in the real estate business, what do you want?
3: More inventory. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. You, you want engagement with people. You want to connect and you want somebody that's out there stepping out and saying, Hey, uh. I saw you looking at this. Can I visit with you for a minute? Have you got a second? I want to show you something, you know, real quick. So uh, salespeople are very good at that. They're good at reading body language. If they're good salespeople, they're good at reading body language. They're not just going to sit in a chair. Mm -hmm. They're going to actually get up and work the trade show booths. And let's talk about that for just a minute because there is a monetary investment by the company whenever you're paying for that trade show booth. We're getting ready. The last weekend in February, uh, our brokerage office that Lucinda and I own is called Heritage United Country Heritage Brokers and Auctioneers. We'll be at the Western Farm Show. I believe this is our tenth or eleventh year we've been mm-hmm. at that farm show, and we pay fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars just for the booth space. Yeah. And then there's other, you know, costs like, well, are you going to give something away? And are you, uh, you know, do you have to buy some inventory to take there with you because you used up some of the stuff last year? Yeah. So we're making that investment. The guy that trained me years ago in this business, he said, hey, you're welcome to come out. We're going to have the booth set up. I need somebody on Friday, Saturday, you know, um, could you come for four hours, whatever. But here's the deal. If you're coming, I expect you to work in the trade show. You're not coming just to sit in a chair or stand in the back of the booth is I'm making a monetary investment to be out there. I want you guys to harvest from that opportunity and try to get some prospecting leads and some inventory, but you got to go out there and get it. It's not just going to walk in there and say, hey, I want to sell my farm with you. Those are pretty rare occurrences, right? you got to pull that out of people. Mm -hmm. Salespeople are good at doing that. J.W., what's your thoughts about that?
3: Well, I agree 100%, Sean. Uh, my, my my success at trade shows and my observations of other agents and brokers who have had success at these trade shows is, is getting the engagement. It, it's just like listing a house. You can go list a house and put a sign in the yard, and if you sit there and wait for the phone to ring, your chances of selling that house is going to drop significantly. It's the same thing at a trade show. If you show up to the trade show, you sit in the back of the booth, uh, you sit there and on your phone or working or talking or whatnot, or you just get up and, and walk around, then your chances of uh, getting yourself a buyer or a seller are going to drop tremendously. You've got to get that engagement. And, you know, the the, the better salesmen and saleswomen out there are going to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. So in my experience, I'm the exact opposite of that. I'm not an outgoing enough salesperson enough person to run a booth by myself i needed someone with way more energy and pep and their step and everything than i ever provided so it was a weird mixture of people in every booth i ran
2: now there are some dynamics that happen in a trade show and, and trina just triggered this whenever she said that is if you have a very active high participation trade show and you had a couple of good salespeople out there mm-hmm. it's it's good to have an administrative person also and say trina could you capture their information because there's another person waiting to talk to them and yeah. you, you've you got a little bit of a handoff or can you grab me one of those brochures let's hand it to them and so sometimes um, a smiling face and uh, support people that are in there actually help with the equation because it makes the business look like it operates very professionally mm-hmm. that the people are working in unison you have salespeople, you have administrative people and it's uh, it's like that's a good company. That's who I want to do business with. There is some fluid motion in there between, you know, if, if people seem to, to gel well and they operate well, um, I think it sends a very, very positive message versus somebody that's just over there on their phone in their chair the whole time. And you got one guy out there working his butt off and he's like, Hey, can you help me for a minute? It's like, yeah, in just a minute. I'm hold on. Hold on. Trying to win on. Minecraft right now. Okay. Exactly. Oh. Sucker, you caused me to get blowed up. So uh What
1: version of Minecraft have you? No, ever I don't know. Played? I've never actually played
2: Minecraft. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. It's the first thing that came what what is a legend of Zelda. I, I don't I'm just spouting off all the old video games I've ever heard you, of. Just Pac-Man. stay with
3: Tetris, Sean. Just stay with Tetris. <laughs> I got You're eight exploding going on in Tetris. <laughs> I got eight
2: by a ghost in Pac-Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, you know I how that works. You got your D didn't you? Yeah, it, it. For some reason, it went off. I'm not sure what's going on there. Well,
3: um, you did get ate by a ghost. I did. Get, <laughs> I absolutely John did. The
2: in real life. <laughs> um. All right, so we're talking about uh, professional salespeople. They're the best ones, you know. You want somebody that's outgoing. You want to stop them in their tracks. Have you got a specific hook? If you were going to go out to a trade show with um, United Country, Terra, your company, you're setting up a booth, how do you get people to stop long enough that you can engage with them? Like, what's, what's the hook?
3: Well, uh, <laughs> some people say I'm one step above a used car salesman. I hope I'm a little bit better than that. But, you know, I... <laughs> my personal depends on, kind of,
2: <laughs> depends on what kind oh, of depends on what
3: kind of that's true <laughs> that's true those roll royces are pretty good um i i try to be humorous and, and get people to stop just for humor uh the last trade show i was at you know i'd see a a, a, a nice couple come she's got a lot of jewelry on and i'd sit there and say hey you know uh, k jewelers is out ranches are in you need to have her sell some land <laughs> they laugh and i and i get them to stop and then that's the engagement there. You know, someone will walk by, and, I, you know, the last trade show I was at, I said, hey, we're doing a raffle for a free ranch. And they're like, really, where? And I said, Hidden Valley. And, you know.
2: <laughs> pulled out a bottle of I, pulled out salad dressing I,
3: yeah, I, at that point exactly so i'm just basically trying to get them to stop i just you know insert myself in front of them because a lot of the times they're just walking they're not paying attention you've got to get their attention or if you see their eyes hit the uh hit the booth and um, sometimes you see some recognition and some interest sometimes you don't but just getting them to stop i know uh richard thompson has a great gimmick he just hands them a pen and that gets them to stop you know so mm-hmm. From, from from my side is just, you know, if I can get them to laugh, sometimes I'm, I can get them to, to, to engage a little bit more. Um, one of the great ones that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago is uh, there was a group of people walking, and I just, you know, there was an older gentleman that was walking in the middle of them. I just stopped and said, hey, uh, how you doing? Are, y- are y'all looking to buy or sell some land? And you know, just that simple question got him to stop because he wouldn't have stopped otherwise. Well, I just found out that he had bought a 3,000-acre property over near College Station. He was looking to buy another property up in Oklahoma through because he was a best-selling author. I oh, didn't wow. know him, but yeah. it was a pretty neat little deal. So just neat. getting them to stop is what I try to do.
1: So we, Sean, I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, last year uh, we, we had— uh, Red River Properties on, and their gimmick was a pig. They have a show pig that they brought to all of their booths. Oh, yeah. And all the kids, so that. here was the hook. All the kids wanted to go pet the pig, and that left the parents just standing there <laughs> waiting for the kids to be done petting the pig. And uh, that those people used that opportunity, obviously, to approach the parents while the kids were busy, so... I thought that was a genius gimmick too. <laughs> I like the humor angle, though. I like that. It's there a are more practical than bringing a pig with you everywhere
2: you go. Well, there and, and puppies, they'll stop. Yes, yeah, I've, yeah. I was going to say I've seen people use other animals, and their are yeah. booth, yep. puppies and kittens and things because it's uh, kids always want to stop and play yeah. with those, and when, you know, the kid uh, the parents are not going to continue to walk while the kids are there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you you're kind of throwing an anchor out there at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, We started using something that worked well for for us and and it has for several years now Um, it's been quite a while back when i first came to kansas city and i was at a a trade show event and i remember lma the livestock marketing association had a booth set up and of course they're the sponsor of the uh, world livestock championship Mm -hmm. and out of uh, being an auctioneer for the past 30 years Uh, There's different types of auctioneers. You know, you have uh, just general practitioners, real estate auctioneers, car and automobile uh, auctioneers, and livestock auctioneers. Well, livestock auctioneers tend to be the most rhythmic and kind of easy to listen to. And I think what it does is it triggers a response, especially in a lot of non-urban or rural uh, farm families they remember going to the livestock auction with their granddad or they, it, it just, it, it triggers that emotional response. So um, when I walked by their booth, they were playing the latest uh, world livestock competition. I forget where it was at that year, but I thought, man, that's a great idea. And a few years later, we're at a farm show and there is no LMA there. You know, it's uh, like the Western farm show. I don't believe that they come to uh, the Western farm show. I haven't, I don't remember seeing them there, but, Um, I started ordering the, from them, the DVD. We'll put it on a television and we kind of pull that out there towards the front of the booth. We have two booth spaces side by side. So we have enough berth out there, enough room that over to the side, you have this television and the volumes turned down low enough so that it's not intrusive on the other exhibitors. The one thing you have to be Um, I think conscious of is they've paid for their booth space also. So you don't want to just turn up a sound system and just blast out your neighbors. Trust me, they'll come over and talk to you about that. (laughs) But as you walk in front of this television, you can hear professional and top-notch livestock auctioneers. And believe it or not, I'd say at least eight out of every 10 people that walk past that television will stop and listen to it for a little bit. While they're listening, is the time to slip right in there beside them, just quietly, and say, "Man, those uh, those guys are good, aren't they?" You know, they and and just start the conversation, and that kind of a technique. If we can get somebody to stop long enough, and just sliding in there and engaging in conversation, that has netted us. Um, it's made us much much more profitable um, as a as an exhibitor at these at the farm shows.
3: Yeah, we did that two weeks ago at this other sh- at the show. Uh, it was Sunday. It was a, a slower, the slowest day, the last day, but we just turned on the local football game on one of the channels and people <laughs> stopped by and looked at the football game. Well, the booth right across from us also had a TV. They put a, the football game of the other channel on. Oh, <laughs> so nice. We, we had them stopping yeah.
2: on both sides. Nice, yeah. nice. Starts to look like a sports bar in there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, television's exactly. everywhere. I noticed, um, did you work at the, at the Safari Club International show? Was Josh Morgan, was he in the booth? With you or work with you?
3: Uh, n- not this year, no. Okay,
2: all right. Well, he—I uh, noticed he had posted in here online. We're recording this live on the channel, and he said Dallas Safari Show would be a prime example of what we're talking about. And Josh, that's exactly what—kind uh, uh, of what prompted this. This show is—they just completed that out there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, JW has been a part of that for the last several years. So. Yeah. Um, So we're talking, we're talking about booth setup, how to get them to stop, engaging in that conversation and the importance of statistically your salespeople are the best people to work those booths out there because they're good with people. They're good at engaging in conversation. Where does that conversation go? And this is probably where we start to wrap up just a little bit in topics. Uh, JW, you gave me a scenario the other day when we were visiting, um, somebody was very good at engaging in conversation maybe they get the response out there yeah you know we're actually looking for a couple hundred acres right now and again I'm, I'm making up acreage counts and stuff but um and the the salesperson's response is they said great can i give you my card they gave their card to them and then the people just walked on down the aisle mm-hmm. is that the best practice
3: well, I, I, I've i got 15 agents under under me, and, and this is what I tell them, and this is what I, I would tell people at, at these trade shows and booths is you need to be proactive instead of reactive. Giving them a card saying, give me a call, that's a reactive. You're re- waiting for them to react to you, whereas if you gather their information, you're going to be proactive. Yeah. Uh, you give them a card, they walk away, and the chances are they throw it away, misplace it, forget about it, whatever. But if you get their information, it's on you to follow up. And so that that's how I approach it is uh, I'm more proactive. Um, I sit there. I've been married twice. I've been told no. I, I just <laughs> are you are you looking to buy or sell land? And, you know, three out of 10 people will stop and engage with me. And, I, you know, whether or not I think they're a, a, a good prospect or not I just gather their information I you know, at the last at the Dallas Party Club I just write their information on a card I give them my card and give me information they're looking for and I would tell them look I'll be following up with you here in the next week or so and and see if we can't help you and I must have I must have gotten about oh 20 30 decent leads in fact one of the leads I got uh, two, two of the leads I got was a guy looking to do development, and um, I showed him a, a large 10,000-acre ranch that I have, and I actually went and showed it uh, last uh, early this week, and I met him at the uh, Dallas Safari Club. Another gentleman that I had had just uh, got out of a, a listing uh, down in the San Antonio area. It was a $19 million listing. He wasn't happy with the local real estate agent there. Um, we have scheduled a time for me to go down there and uh, give him my listing presentation, see if we couldn't help bring it to, to market and help market it for them. Uh, both of those were based on me gathering their information, giving them a stop and then gathering their information and following up.
1: Yep, yep.
2: It sounds like it netted some really good clientele from you. And the takeaway out of what you just said that uh, that's resonating with me is that you, uh, I use that word harvest. I don't know, harvest stuck in my brain right now. It's not even summer. But you harvest... <laughs> you harvested that information you actually recorded contact information you followed up after the show and you're interacting with those people which is exactly what that's designed to do
1: and now you're reaping the rewards
2: Look absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: you're welcome Sean. yeah winter winter
2: <laughs> harvest like corn harvest right now um She's exactly right, though. I mean, that is, uh, that's is—that's the whole purpose of, of being there is not just, hey, can I burn your weekend at a trade show? We'll get nothing out of it, and uh, you won't be at home watching football with your feet propped up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that. That sounds great. No, we're going out there. As I just read, there was uh, one of these statistics in here that... Um, a large percentage of businesses said that is their number one marketing event for the year yeah they look forward to specific trade shows they go to they said we'll do enough business out of those trade shows to carry us six to eight months out of that year
3: yeah absolutely um it's uh, happened with the neighbor there at the dallas safari club uh, the neighboring booth uh he sells hunts over in Africa. And I was visiting with him. I said, how many hunts you sell a year? He says, I'm happy if I get 40. I said, well, how many do you get at the event? He said, 24 to 25 is what I expect to get this year, just mm-hmm. at this one event. Yeah, So over half.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think that edifies exactly what these statistics are are reporting to.
1: Well, and that's what we hear. So we've talked about this again on the show before, but uh, we, United Country, host training as well. And we have booths set up at that training. And that's what we hear from our vendors all the time too, is I wasn't expecting to sell four speakers, but I did. And I've never sold four speakers in my life at any, at any show. And it's just the engagement and being at the right show at the right time, I guess. So,
2: yeah, your, your clientele. I mean, yeah. if you have mm-hmm. the right audience and you've got the right amount of engagement with them and it's it's kind of matching up your products, services, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, your inventory with the audience that's going to be at that show. Yeah, and exactly. And if, if those two mailed, if they, if they mesh and you're prepared to work that show, mm-hmm. I, I think the sky's the limit. And I think that the statistics over here continue to prove that year after year. And I'll go back to what I said early in the show, There's a reason why trade shows are on the incline instead of the decline Mm -hmm. in today's virtual arena that we operate in. Now, they are talking a lot about uh, there's more and more people that believe we may see more hybrid shows. And a hybrid show is live on site and also virtual shows and a combination of those two. They're starting to kind of interact with maybe um, uh, trainings that are being offered. You can come out here live and see it or virtually you can watch it from your home. So there is a shift. That's going on.
1: Yeah, it's COVID. I think COVID has shifted everything in that regard. I agree. To be half online, half live, so
3: my, my if observation you have to on that, Sean, down, you
1: can go either way, real fast.
3: <laughs> yeah, my observation on that, Sean, is it's more the virtual is more informational. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like these conferences for rural land, whether it's RLI, Texas A&M, who, wherever you're at, the more informational is going virtual, but the the interactive uh, and and the product. Um, the selling of the product, whether it's a gun, whether it's a hunt, whether it's real estate i I don't see much of that slowing down, yeah
2: yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with that i, uh, I and and again, when you're in the service industry, it's a little more difficult to create that that personal connection point when you're not looking somebody in the eye or shaking their hand and you know, you're, you're kind of saying, I, I like this person, I trust this person, mm-hmm. and you're building rapport with them. A little more, you know, not saying you can't build rapport virtually, but I, I think it takes longer, and I think it's, it's um, it tasks you a little bit more um, to do that. I, I think people still like to, uh, to have face-to-face meetings when it's, uh, when that opportunity is afforded to them. J.W., let me ask you before we go, um, how do you secure the information? So if I come and meet with you in the trade show booth, mm-hmm. we're having a great conversation. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking to buy something or I actually have something I want to sell. What's the next mm-hmm. step? What's, what's your goal before I walk down the aisle?
3: Well, uh, I want to understand exactly what you either have to sell or what you're looking for, the region that you're looking for, uh, a timeframe, you know, what kind of process you're looking at purchasing. And then I gather your information and I basically put you on our our internal drip campaign. The first thing is I'm going to be following up within the next few days and uh, having a face-to-face meeting and either uh, scheduling uh, some, some, sending them some properties and scheduling some showings, or if they're looking to do something, but it's going to be on a, on a later time frame, putting them on our drip campaign and our follow-up campaign to make sure that we, we do so in a timely manner.
2: How do you like to secure my information? I'm getting ready we're, we're shaking hands and, um, you don't have anything for me yet. I'm getting ready to walk on mm-hmm. down the corridor out there. How do, you, how do you contact me? How do you secure my information?
3: And, uh, the I flat out, well, what I did at the last show is I just had some cards here. I said uh, name, phone number, and email, and 99% of them give it to me the author didn't give me his phone number, but he gave me his email. <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah.
2: <that's laughs> and, how it, and then, well, you know, that's and, how people, they'll tell you how they like to communicate. Yeah. Some that's people right. say, listen, don't call my phone. I, I got way too many of those. Communicate uh, with me through email. Well, that's still, they're they are not telling you no, they're just telling you to do it different.
3: Mm-hmm. That's right. And then I've got the, you know, and what I would do is I'd take their email, shake their hands. i like would be following up. Gave my wife, Kim worked with me at the shows and I'd give it straight to her and she'd put it right into our Excel sheet or our spreadsheet. And, and, uh, we'd, be following up accordingly
1: yeah absolutely so you have actual you print out cards that have like fields where they'll write in their
3: information well they, they hate to write their own stuff Um yeah. you know i just sit there and just ask it and i'll write it and my wife hates that because my writing is terrible and my penmanship's terrible sometimes i have her stand behind me and she writes it <laughs> but um and of course uh i i, I gathering their information is is key you know uh, i know sean you have a uh, an an app on your phone that you can just tap their phone and all your information is transferred to them and everything Mm -hmm. and and that's a very uh, good way to provide your information i'm actually starting to go towards that but i want to make sure that i gather all of theirs
1: right
2: i'm going to show since we're recording this i'll pull it out so what we have switched over to are these business cards or a plastic card, like a credit card. I'll hold it up here where the camera can see that. There's the front side. There's kind of the back side of it. It's got a little QR code on it. So you may have somebody that's got an older phone, like a a flip phone, or they just need to take a picture of the QR code. But the technology that's inside this card, and they're relatively cheap, they're not that expensive, is called NFC, it's Near Field Communication. You go online, you make a profile, and then if I just hover this over any of the, the later modeled Android or, or um, Apple phones, smartphones, um, a link will pop up mm-hmm. and you click on that link and it opens. So the company that we're using is called Link. It's L-I-N-Q. You can check that out online. It's powered by Link, I uh, I don't carry that many paper business cards anymore. Um, the pitch would be Trina and I just meet and I say, hey, do you mind if I give you my contact information? And, of course, she's going to say, yeah, that'd be great. She's expecting me to hand her a card. That's a traditional way. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, do you have your phone on you right now? I'll even let her hold this card. I said, let me show you something pretty cool. Because th- then they say, do you have your phone on you? They're apprehensive. They're like, uh, what are you going to do? Want? Yeah. I pull the card out, and I say, here, um, I'm going to hand it over to her. And uh, I'll say, I'll show you something pretty cool. I said, just hold that by your phone, and it will actually import my contact information. It'll put it in mm-hmm. your contacts. I've never had anybody ever push back from that because then it becomes non-offensive. I'm not actually doing it to their phone. I'm, I'm having them take it, look at it, and say, okay, it's just a little card. What damage can that do? When they accept my contact information, they get another window pops up and says, do you want to send your contact information to Sean? And it'll email it over. It'll import it uh, into my contacts. So there's a lot of companies out there that do this. There's one called DOT, Um I'm drawing a blank on it. But if you type in NFC, near field communication, NFC business card, just type that into Google. There'll be a bunch of companies pop up. We've been very happy with Link. We uh, we vetted a bunch of companies out. Again, that's L-I-N-Q dot com, Link dot com. And uh, they've treated us well. If you're going to hand out, uh, you know, hopefully you're going to hand out 500 business cards at a trade show or 250. That card right there is a great way to do it. And then as a backup, if somebody says, no, I don't have a phone or I don't I don't want to do that, hand them a paper card. Just mm-hmm. have, have one in your back pocket and hand it to them.
1: So that works. Basically, it's the reverse of Google or Apple Pay where you're you know putting your thing on the thing and it takes whatever money out of your account to pay for gas or whatever you're paying for. Um, and it's actually inserting information into your phone instead of taking it away.
2: It pops up a link and then yeah. you get to decide whether you want to save that contact information or delete it you don't have to import that in your phone but most people if they say yeah i'd like to have your contact info they hit accept and then it says do you want to send sean your contact info and it's a it's a virtual exchange you know it's an electronic exchange of information Mm -hmm. at that point Um, pretty seamless they uh, they work generally work pretty well. Now the place where you can get trapped on those just a little bit is you need to have uh, they need to have a, a Wi-Fi signal or a phone signal. There are times since this is a trade show uh, and an exhibition hall podcast that we're talking about today there are places inside of the American Royal or Kemper Arena when you go and you get in the middle of it you have no phone reception or no phone signal. that link won't pop up yeah. Uh, so in those cases what do you well what do you do there I either hand them paper cards I just hand those out or they can uh, they can take a picture of the QR code on the back and they can download it when they go outside
1: yeah cool yeah
2: that's it's a neat way that's a long-winded way of saying uh, you know check go green <laughs>
1: check it out
2: folks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> save save the environment stop handing out paper business cards but um, yeah well, it's going to take a while for that to transition over
1: and I mean GW in, in tandem with that, JW was talking about um, when he had one specific property he was showcasing at a show. So they make virtual flip books and all kinds of ways to showcase properties virtually that you can basically do the same thing. Take their phone, scan this code, bam, here's a flip book all about that property. Just save it and go on your way. You can call me tomorrow about it or I'll call you tomorrow about it.
3: Absolutely. So. Yeah, well, tech- and, and the direction that the, the industry, not only our industry, but all industries are going to is more technical you know, more technological and so forth. And there's a little bit of, you know, for for me, what I can see is these people who are becoming more tech savvy and so forth, being able to show them something as simple as, you know, importing a a virtual business card into their phones Mm -hmm. in the back of their minds, it might not hit them right away. But this is a company that's already ahead of the game.
1: Yeah. Yep. They're already where I want my property to be or mm-hmm. where I want to be searching for property at.
2: And that is why we armed our agents. There's two reasons why we armed the agents with these um, trade shows and, and, and fair booths, but also just in their daily activities. What I can do is the administrator of those link cards. So let's say I gave those out to 10 of the agents and there's a small charge with each one of those. I can see how many times they're clicking those on people's phones. So when they come in at some point, as agents notoriously do, and they say, hey, I don't feel like you're giving me any leads and I'm not, my business is not successful and stuff. Let's see how many interactions you've had. You know, in the last month I've given my business card out 119 times and you've given yours out three. Yeah. So yep. you got to start meeting more people. You got to get out there and actually ask for the business. And there's a reason why some people, you know, the cream rises to the top, right? But it's uh, absolutely it's a management tool also. J.W., this has been a great episode. I, I'm going to tell you right now, um, trade shows, exhibition shows, uh, having a booth set up, training your people how to not be at a trade show booth, but how to work a trade show booth, how to capture that information. Your information has been valuable. It's And, and Trina, uh, I feel like all three of us have, have maybe had a lot of insight. And if they don't get something out of this podcast show, uh, they're not trying. This is just packed full of information. So I'm pretty excited that we're able to do this today, and we want to thank you for being
3: on the show with us. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, always talking to you is great. Sean, you like the Elvis of trade shows.
1: <laughs> I was about thank to ask you. if you would do the Elvis thank you, Mama one baby. more time. <laughs> what, what the listeners don't know is that we had a whole, like, 20 minutes of Elvis impersonations coming into this show. So well, it was pretty amazing.
2: You... You kind of set that up because you said now you have
1: to give those impersonations. No, because
2: said? you said it got all hot in the in the theater and it your leg stuck to the seat.
1: I went, I went it was to vinyl watch the or Elvis something. movie and the AC went out and we're sitting in leather recliners in the theater. Yeah. And it was summer. It was hot. <laughs> what do you think happens when you sit on leather and hot?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't afford leather. I'm still I'm still driving a car with cloth oh, seats. Oh, stop head, it. So.
3: I got some old corduroy jeans.
2: (laughs) still driving the old Datsun.
3: Datsun. There
2: you go. JW, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next time inside the sale ring.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.